looking to buy a house that you can comfortably afford? Today, we're going over how you can find a hidden gem and not a money pit. Welcome to Couple Money, a podcast focused on helping spouses get on the same page, dump their debt faster, and get on the path to financial freedom together. I'm your host, El Martinez. This podcast is brought to you by Coastal Credit Union. Coastal's mission is to help you live a better life by offering you a better way to bank. Learn how by visiting bankbetter.org. I don't know how things are in your area, but here in the Triangle, the housing market is hot. Prices have shot up. The median price of homes currently listed in Raleigh is $379,000. To give you some context, a townhouse on our street went for more than double what we paid for our single-family house a few years ago. Just the other week, I caught another story on the news about how unaffordable the Raleigh-Durham area is getting. If you want to buy a house here, you have to be a savvy house hunter. Now, you may have heard that you can snag a great deal with buying a fixer-upper, but how do you know which houses are diamonds in the rough and which ones are money pits? If you're thinking of or planning on buying a house soon, you may be facing these same questions and challenges. That's why I'm pulling from the archives my interview with Louis Guillama. He's the vice president of real estate operations at Coastal Credit Union, and he's had decades of experience, both as a real estate agent and with home renovations. In this episode, we're going to go over and discuss the differences between buying new construction versus a resale, spotting great and still affordable neighborhoods, and then finding a fixer-upper instead of a money pit. We have so much to cover, so let's get started. Here in Raleigh, if there's a strip of land, they will build on it. We have new developments coming up around our neighborhood, across the city. And we've noticed, of course, that our home property value is rising. That can be a good thing. But it also means that if you're buying now, the prices are going to be much higher than when we first bought. The first time we went house hunting, my husband and I went with a new construction. It was a townhouse on the north side of the city. The second time around, we went with an older home, a little bit closer to downtown and much more convenient for how we live now. There are noticeable differences with buying new versus a resale. So if you're hunting, you may be wondering what's the best option for you. Lewis was sharing that with the new construction, there's going to be an additional expense. So obviously when you buy something that's new, you got to pay a, a slight premium on that as opposed to, to buying something resale. There's you know quite, quite a few differences between new construction Mm-hmm. And homes, small pumps, the, the pricing, the character, the development of the property and, and the neighborhood in general. So there's definite considerations that, that any home buyer should make. Also, with new developments, you're looking at potentially having an HOA. While some may have very strong feelings about them, particularly negative, 
Lewis pointed out how they can work to your benefit. Historically, HOAs will, will be enforced when a new development forms. They tend to expire after a period of time, and that tends to be 20 to 30 years unless they're renewed by covenants. Oh. Most every new development will have an HOA, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. That really aids the neighborhood and its development and, and the culture that, that, that it forms because you, you have all these different personalities and moving into the neighborhood. So it can go in any number of different directions. And so the, the covenants kind of put rails on it and kind of guide the development of the neighborhood. Listen, you can't change colors to this. There has to be uniformity in the structure. You can't park commercial cars in front of the house. So HOAs are not necessarily a bad thing. It can help the neighborhood develop to where it was intended to go. They can be problematic for some people. A larger number of, of pets than is typical. I just met someone and they had six dogs. So that oh. may not be permissible in most HOAs, but, but there are some areas that they can find a nice home. If you're considering buying a home with an HOA, take some time, do the research and better understand it. Not just with the cost, but what you're getting out of it. Those covenants are recorded at the, the inception of the neighborhood. They get recorded at the Register of Deeds. So if anybody okay. can go into the public records at the Register of Deeds of Burbank you know, County and then do a search by the name of the HOA. And if you look at the name of the uh -huh. HOA, whether it's Wakefield Plantation or Bryan mm -hmm. Creek, yeah. search in there and you'll see the covenants come up and then just read the, the covenants that, are, that apply to your particular property. It's very tempting to buy into a trendy or popular neighborhood. It seems like only a few spots have the best restaurants, fantastic parks, and incredible schools. But if you're determined to live in a particular neighborhood that's really popular right now, expect to pay a premium. Something to keep in mind is when you buy into a popular neighborhood, it's not always going to be the best move for you or your finances. Yeah, you know, the best thing that I can recommend to finding homes with good value in good neighborhoods is to look at a longer track record than what's trending today. Because what I've seen in my experience, and, and we're talking 20 years in the real estate business, is that neighborhoods and areas, that everything operates on a cycle. So it, as an example, here in the Raleigh area, uh, back in 2005, the mm -hmm. Plantation neighborhood was immensely popular. Everybody mm -hmm. wanted to live in that neighborhood. Homes were selling for up to $200 a square foot. Today, yeah. now we're, we're almost 15 years removed from that. And we encounter people that, that aren't able to sell their homes because of the price that they paid moving into it. They actually bought at the peak of the, of the, you know, the market in a really mm. trendy neighborhood. And so they, they paid a price. Now, obviously there's value in use and value in trade, right? So mm -hmm. they got a lot of enjoyment out of it. It was a great neighborhood. They got some prestige and cachet out of it. But now value and trade is not as high as they'd want it to be. So what do you do? How do you find those gems or hidden spots in neighborhoods? What I always recommend to people is pick an area that's convenient to you, that, that supports your particular lifestyle, is close proximity to your work and to the, your, the, the places that you normally visit. And then don't buy the most expensive home in the neighborhood. Don't buy the prettiest homes in the neighborhood. I always recommend look for the home that's not the shiny new coin in the neighborhood. Ah, uh, finding those diamonds in the rough. Or another way to say them, fixer-uppers. If you ever watched House Hunters, you've probably seen this. A couple looks at a home and they start making comments about the place. And sometimes it's a legit complaint. They notice maybe the AC unit isn't in good working condition. But most times they complain or compliment all those surface finishes. 
the appliances, the countertops, the floorings. Oh, and my favorites definitely have to be the couples who hate the paint. When I spoke with Lewis, he told me that time and again, people buy based on what they see, which is understandable. But if you're trying to get a great deal, you need to focus deeper on the crucial areas of the home. Everyone's maintenance issues is predicated upon your purchase decision. You have to look past your first initial or, you know, your emotional response to the property because we're all visual, right? People will walk into a property and they're forming their opinion on the property based on what they see, but they're not really looking at the details behind the Mm -hmm. property. So there are three key components to every home. There's the the foundation and structure. You have Mm -hmm. the mechanicals and plumbing, which is like your your air conditioning system, your hot water heater, as well as the plumbing pipe itself. Then you have the surface finishes, which is what we're really uh, responding to when we enter a home, look at the wood floors, look at the quality of the cabinets, the paint surfaces, et cetera. And Mm -hmm. I really encourage buyers to take a closer look at the foundation and the structure, make sure that that is sound. And that'll be by any competent home inspector. I always recommend doing a home inspection, even in new construction homes. So this, I can tell you from personal experience, he is absolutely right. Our first home, that new construction, yeah, we thought we could save some money because it was brand new and not have a home inspection. Well, sometimes when you see these builders come in and have developments go up quickly, quality isn't what you expect. We saw things here and there that weren't done right the first time. And when it came time to sell, another issue was evident. The window seals were broken. We pretty much had to replace all but one window, which is kind of ridiculous because at that point, the home was about five years old. So you better believe that the next time around, we did have a home inspector and we followed him closely. With this house, when we came in, we immediately loved it. We loved the layout, the natural light, and the overall location. But the basement, there was so much potential. But between what the home inspector found and our self-comfort level, we saw we needed to make a pretty major repair if we planned on finishing and using it. If we bought as is, while we technically could have still afforded it, money would have been really tight for a while. Instead, we took that information we got from the home inspector and our agent negotiated a lower price. It allowed us to get the basement properly fixed, keep the mortgage affordable, and now have an awesome home office space for both of us, which is a huge win in our book. If you're looking for a fixer-upper, it pays well to, well, pay someone to dig into your potential home so you can avoid a money pit. Then if you don't want to, you know, entrap yourself in a money pit, you want to make sure that the mechanical systems of the property have been updated. You want to make sure that the air conditioning is in good shape and, and in working order and That is one key component that a lot of people allow their home inspector to test. Mm -hmm. I always recommend to get an HVAC or air conditioning specialist to take a look at it because they, unlike a home inspector who's just going to measure the temperature of the air that's going into and out of the system, a specialist Mm -hmm. will actually just, you know, take off the cover, connect all the gauges and make sure that it's functioning the way it was intended. That's where you really encounter the money pit situations where you purchase Mm -hmm. a house because it looks, cosmetically, it looks fantastic. That the underlying support systems are old and, and not functioning properly, and you're constantly putting money into them. And air conditioning in particular can be very expensive. I mean, your typical yeah. HVAC service call is about $300. So 
So you're not mm-hmm. going to get away from a cheap service call when it comes to HVAC problems. You'll normally go through three or four of them before you decide ultimately to replace it. And so that, that's a sure way to avoid the money pit. We're really hammering in on this because how you buy a home will have a huge effect when you go to sell your home. What I recommend for people is not to be attracted to the prettiest looking house in the neighborhood. You have a lot of investors that go into trendy neighborhoods and they will do cosmetic updates. They'll replace kitchen cabinets. They'll refinish the floors. They give a nice paint job. It looks really beautiful. But the mm-hmm. underlying portions of the house, the foundation, the plumbing system, the mechanical are not in the best condition. People are paying you know, a premium because it looks great, but over time it creates maintenance problems for them. They're really not going to derive as much benefit for them because when they go to resale, it's not going to be looking like that because mm-hmm. they're not going to spend the money updating it. You, you pay a premium for looking great, but then when it comes to resale, the price mm-hmm. is going to drop a little bit because now it's, it's more used, right? The same yeah. thing happens with new construction properties. A lot of people think that they'll buy a brand new home and then maybe in three to five years, they'll sell it and move somewhere else. Well, in reality, new construction, there is a very large premium between new construction and resale properties. And that could be as high as 20%. And so what happens is within the first three years, at least in, in most areas, mm-hmm. your property has actually declined in value from what you paid for it. You have to wait until the resale market comes up as it appreciates and reaches your price point, your entry point in that new construction home. And then it'll continue appreciating along with the rest of the market. Because the day after you move into a brand new home, now you're in a resale property. Because the only people that can sell new construction are builders. And that's it. No matter Mm -hmm. what you do, do it. Even if you completely renovate your home, you're still compared to the resale market. That market is, is selling at a slight discount from new construction. I worked with a lot of buyers that we would go look at houses and they would simply fall in love with the houses that investors, the savvy investors have just cleaned them up, made them look nice and shiny, and they're willing to pay top dollar for those. But if they look past that, look at their house in the same neighborhood that maybe hasn't been updated, the structure Mm -hmm. is the same as the shiny new one, but maybe the flooring has to be replaced or the paint needs to be redone. You could save a considerable amount of money in that. Mm -hmm. In my 20 years, or actually now 30 years of homeownership, I have never bought the prettiest or nicest home in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I will look for a quality neighborhood and I'll buy the ugliest property that I can find in that neighborhood that suits my lifestyle. And mm-hmm. we'll go ahead and fix it up and you can recover so much wealth that way just by minor updating and just improving the presentation of the property. If you're like us, you probably have quite a number of accounts between the two of you including your old 401ks. It can be difficult to stay on top of everything, especially when your old employer switches providers, which is what happened with my husband. Here's where our sponsor Capitalize can help. Capitalize helps you find and roll over an old 401k into an IRA of your choice for free. They handle the entire process. And yes, that includes calling your old employer or the 401k provider on your behalf. If you're ready to make managing your old 401ks much easier, find out more at simplifyandenjoy.com slash capitalize. Before we wrap up, I want to focus on some key takeaways I got from speaking with Lewis, as well as our own personal experience with buying a house. The first is you have to train yourself to see through the hype and stay objective. This is most likely going to be the biggest purchase you make, 
So you want to be smart and wise about it. Here's the tough part, though. This whole process of the house hunt is meant to appeal to your emotions. Even when you're going inside the house, if they are trying to get top dollar, they're going to be staging it in a way that makes it look good. They want it to be more appealing to buyers. But you have to be savvy about this and make sure that those more important things are taken care of. Which leads to the second takeaway. You have to be willing to dig in to find the gems. Yes, there's going to be more work up front, but it also means less work and money down the line. Take the time now to see which areas you want to live in and track the prices. Discuss together your absolute must-haves for your house and which ones are nice to have. More than likely, you're not going to find the perfect home, but if you have a clear idea of what you need and want, you can find a home that you love and that you're happy with. When you're touring the house, keep an eye out for those critical areas Lewis mentioned. Cosmetic changes are usually things you can save up and knock out fairly easily. But systems like HVAC, plumbing, and electrical can be extremely pricey. I would hate for you to buy a home and then have to put out a significant amount of money just to get it the way you need it to be. Finally, run your numbers carefully and stick to your budget. It's easier than you expect to get caught up in the hunt, especially if it's a tight market. That's even more reason to try to stay level-headed in the process. You want to find an agent that will focus on your needs and not just sell you any old place. So vet them and let them know what your budget is up front and stick with it. The same goes with your lender. Make sure they're actually giving you good advice. We had an experience with a big bank that this particular lender approved us for significantly more than we originally budgeted. At first, we felt good that we supposedly qualified for it. But when we ran the numbers, we immediately saw that their budget for us was wrong. Sure, we could buy something in that range, but we would not have any money left over for savings, house maintenance, which all homes have, vacations, or even enough to set aside something for retirement. We would have been stuck with a house we couldn't really afford. If you want to buy a house, I want it to be a blessing for you guys and not a burden. I hope these tips help you find your dream home at the right price. Don't forget, if you want to have some extra cash in your savings and you need to revamp your budget, we have a free course. It's called 5 Days to 5K. It walks you through step-by-step how to find, save, and earn some extra money. Just head over to couplemoney.com slash 5K. I hope this episode helps you find an affordable home that allows you to enjoy it and your other goals as well. If you're thinking about buying or selling your home and you live here in the Triangle area of North Carolina, you should really check out Daymark Realty in Coastal They're a great option and have a dedicated team focused on you. Yes, Coastal is our sponsor, but we've been members with them for years and are so happy with their service. Our mortgage for our current home is through them, 
And we used Daymark to find this place. Anita walked us through step-by-step with buying our house. Six years later, we are so happy with this decision. As always, we'll have links in the show notes on Couple Money with resources to help make saving up and buying a house much easier for you. Finally, and most importantly, thank you so much for your support. Couple Money Podcast is made possible because of incredible listeners like you. Every tweet, Facebook like, and comment you make gets the word out so more couples can work as a team on their money and more. I really appreciate it. I hope you have a wonderful week. Take care.